Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast with your hosts, Celia Williamson, Ashley Kucher, Louis Guardiola, and Carrie Shaw, a podcast devoted to those whose job it is to help others get or remain mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy, but who also need to take care of themselves. How we're going to do this? By first showing you the filtered, pretty version of success, and then the real struggles, real work, and raw grit it took to get there, how they took care of themselves and also achieved their goals while doing it. Together, we will work with you to improve and maintain your internal health and growth while helping you achieve your external goals and your next professional achievement in life. And we're excited to show you how to follow your own individual and unique path and achieve the dreams you have while taking good care of yourself. So let's get started. Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast. I'm Carrie Shaw, and with me this week, we have Tori Graham. Tori Torrance Graham works at, the Eric- works at Erickson Institute, a graduate school in child development in Chicago, Illinois. Tori considers herself a student of self-compassion and self-care, and has become particularly interested in building these muscles upon becoming a mother. Tori is a social worker and infant mental health specialist providing professional development on a communication approach entitled Facilitating Attuned Interactions, or FAN for short, for home visitors, therapists, nurses, and beyond. Self-care and self-compassion are threaded throughout the FAN approach. As they say, the best way to truly learn and integrate a skill is to teach it. Welcome to the podcast, Tori. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's so nice to to have you here with us this week and um, kind of talk a little bit about what self-care means to you and um, kind of who you are as a social worker and who you are personally. Uh, So we usually start out with just talking about how do people see Tori on the outside? Who is the real R-E-E-L Tori? I love so much this real visual. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like a film reel and almost watching myself as if I were someone else kind of looking in. Um, and I think, I hope it's fair to say that this is how others see me. Um, but I just imagine that I can often appear sort of um, like polished and like, I have it together. I'm well rested. I have a work-life balance. And I, I've really um, sort of owned what it means to have self-care. Um, and I wonder if we were to sort of dig into that, like in a therapeutic space, if we'd unearth some things that are really more rooted in insecurity around why my sort of self-care um, real R-E-E-L identity um, wants to appear like I have it together. Um, so I don't know if it's like my need to appear credible or exactly what it is, but, um, I'm really on this journey of kind of unpacking why I believe that my real self around self-care needs to seem so polished. That's fascinating, Tori. Um, so, so you're kind of unpacking this now you're in the midst of really realizing this and reflecting on it. Um, so I wonder if we dig into who the R-E-A-L Tori is, if we might gain some insight as to where this, um, what the connection is. 
Yeah. And I don't know if this is a lifelong journey. My instinct says yes, but there also might be something about my like age, mid to late thirties, fairly new parent, um, all of those things perhaps coming together where, where I'm unpacking this now. Um, but when I think about um, self-compassion and self-care uh, mentors or people that I really admire. I think about people um, that I, I perceive um, as if I really know them and that our relationship is really authentic. And it's perhaps sort of the less seemingly polished parts of people that I feel the most connected to when I look at self-care for myself and self-compassion for myself. So I wonder if I am definitely still in process of uncovering the real R-E-A-L Tori around these things, but I know it has something to do with authenticity and a phrase that I learned from a, a really dear colleague in my work around responsible vulnerability and being able to not necessarily have to come unglued, but be more transparent in who I am as I discover my own self-care needs and help others to discover theirs. Thanks for sharing that, Tori. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about who you are on the inside or the R-E-A-L that maybe not everyone knows. I think that I am a person um, who often wants others to feel supported, um, even if it might mean that I'm not feeling super supported in the moment. And so I'm really trying to look at that in terms of self-care. Um, I also think that I can trust the opinions of others sometimes more than I can trust my own opinion of myself. Um, so all of that is I sort of try to unpack all of that and what that means and particularly around my identities and the identities of those that I care about. I wonder if um, starting with self-compassion will help to unlock a door for me to be more thoughtful in my self-care journey. Um, if I can learn to speak to myself like I speak to people that I care about, I have a feeling that's sort of like a port of entry so that I can be, be more thoughtful in my than self-care journey. But I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it does make sense, Tori. You spend a lot of energy being mindful of what's going on around you. And your, your job kind of requires that you be pretty externally focused. And um, so maybe that creates a little imbalance for you or... Um, just a pattern, it seems, of always looking on the outside. Um, hmm. I told you that this weekend I, I went on this really great women's weekend with some good friends. And we um, we were in the mountains and we came through a natural arch. And so as we came through this natural arch, um, you know, we're all the four of us are walking through. And one of my friends says, okay, as we go through this magical portal, we're going to leave something behind 
that we don't want to carry with us through this portal. And so it was this really amazing kind of surprise thing, like what comes to mind right off, you know, right just in this moment when she says this. And so we all left something behind and walked through and maybe felt a little bit lighter, but I think about that with you, you know, is there something that you're journeying through, you know, this, this portal and um, what will you leave behind and what will you pick up? I love that question. And I think mistrust of myself might get in the way or or um, allowing insecurities to to kind of build a wall between taking care of myself um, and also being, you know, um, um, in the service of others. Um, And I think that that's something that I would like to leave behind. And I'd like to pick up um, seeing myself as my own friend, um, and being able to speak to myself in that kind of a way. I love that. I love that. And I would bet that a lot of our listeners, um, especially because we have a lot of listeners in the helping professions, um, might really relate to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it just became particularly, I mean, this is a familiar trope, but particularly um, top of mind for me in becoming a parent um, and having a four-year-old and um, kind of moving from my day um, in my work and wanting to give a lot to my work. And then, you know, parenting, parenting is always there, but then parenting kind of starts for for the day um, and not having a lot of transition in between that and feeling a little bit like, how can I be successful or good enough, at least in both of these roles? Um, And then where can I make space for myself so that I can be better in both of those places too? Yes, that's a big question, isn't it? When you feel like you're giving in all the directions, and you've got to carve out that time and space for yourself. Um, Oh, I was going to ask you a question about... Motherhood. So, um, you, we, that seems like, was there a moment when you realized that, um, that motherhood was affecting self-care or, um, you know, just, just something that has, had shifted you in some way, because it seems really like the, the prevalent kind of um, thread through this conversation mm-hmm. that something changed. Um, obviously, a lot changed, but just wondering if um, if there are any particular moments that stand out for you in this journey. Yeah, I think it's when sort of intrinsic parental guilt started showing up. Um, Carrie mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that I work at a, a graduate school in child development. So certainly I have a an understanding of normal developmental stages and yet sometimes when you're in it, it still kind of hits. And um, my my daughter was sort of acting out um, with her little, some little like um, little dolls, like little figurines. And one was the mom and one was the child. And she was saying, okay, I have to go to work now. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to talk to the ladies for a while. And the baby said, okay, I'm just going to sit by myself for a little bit. And I just had this feeling of, oh, she, like, this is... It wasn't even, um, you know, it was fairly innocuous. There wasn't a lot of emotion in what she was acting out, but I felt something like she is navigating my different roles. And so what might I be able to do for myself 
so that I could uh, start to kind of mitigate some of that guilt. Absolutely. I can imagine how that would um, maybe be a hard thing to hear. And um, even though you're right, it's not good or bad. It's just what it is. But um, my, my mentor once told me that if we could harness maternal guilt, um, we would have renewable energy for the rest of time. Hey, isn't that true? (laughs) Yes. So yeah, that um, it's, it is just so pervasive sometimes. Um, So have you found anything uh, that has been helpful or, you know, what has self-care looked like over across time for you as maybe before you were a mother and now, now that you're in it, <laughs> what does it look like? I think that I have two, <laughs> kind of two things that are probably going to sound pretty different. Um, but I think that the concept of responsible vulnerability has really been a gift. Like, Carrie, if you and I were meeting and talking, I could say to you, I am feeling, you know, my my daughter's downstairs today and I'm feeling something right now and I'm noticing a pull and you would, it wouldn't have to consume our whole conversation, but you would know where I was authentically and that would build our connection and our relationship in an appropriate way. Um, so as I, as I start to share more of my, my true self with, with my colleagues and my friends, I think that that has really been serving and and sort of a corrective emotional experience in the sense that I'm noticing the people that care about me can really tolerate my truth. Um, And that's, that's really been, been healing. And this is a little funnier perhaps, but as a Chicagoan, I have a a desire to perfect um, making homemade um, deep dish pizza. And so, I love this. <laughs> I um I I like to cook. Uh pizza is kind of my favorite thing right now. And so I've noticed though when I can build in a little bit of time to make dinner kind of between the end of my work day and then family time, um it gives me a little space for myself um that I can just kind of I can kind of either leave my body or I can come a little bit more inside my body by like kneading the dough. And then of course, when you make pizza, everybody's happy. So (laughs) it's for me and my family. (laughs) I love that pizza as self-care. I can get behind this tree. (laughs) Pizza as self-care. It's everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hashtag. I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Um, I think I, as a mother myself, I think that this self-care journey as a parent is um, a, a long and winding road. And it, it does change depending on the developmental stage where your child is and um, what you're noticing with your child or children. And so I really um, hope that, you know, you continue to unpack this and continue to discover um how to, how to nurture yourself, um, along this journey, because you do do so much to support other people. And, um, I myself have felt very supported by you and I appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I would also love to hear that your teeter totter is leveling out. (laughs) Um, any final words of wisdom, Tori, as our listeners are, um, 
you know, I'm sure thinking about pizza right now, but is there anything else that you'd like to share? Yes, everybody is opening uh, their their phone books or their DoorDash and looking for some pizza. Um, I I really like the teeter totter analogy, and it's spaces like this and talking with with friends and colleagues like you, Carrie, that really do kind of level out the teeter totter and being able to talk about these things that. Um, I, I appreciate that we are in a space where we're sort of challenging professionalism and we're challenging kind of my um, internal struggle of like what it might mean to appear, you know, polished or prepared or ready. And that when we can um, be more authentic and more transparent with each other, I think that's really in the service of self-care and attunement and our relationship building. Oh, I love that. So authenticity, bringing our authenticity, bringing our lived experience, bringing our full selves to the work. Even if it's a little drop at a time. (laughs) Thank you. I love that, Tori. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. And good luck with your child and your pizza efforts and uh, maybe unpolishing a little bit of your polish or <laughs> finding what what's underneath there. Next time I'm in your area, I'm bringing a pizza. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And thank, thank you so you much. To, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, this is the self-care society podcast and uh, join us next week. And we'll talk more about self-care. Remember it's um, not selfish. It's self-care. That concludes this week's episode. And remember, it's not selfish, it's self-care.